Woo the Woo Podcast. Everything WooCommerce. Hey everybody, Bob WP here, and we are on the debut episode of Do the Woo Podcast. Yes, I'm bringing it back. All in its glory, a little bit different format this time around, more conversational. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be bringing on a co-host each week. So instead of just this Q&A, even though I may not have a lot to say about the subject, we kind of want to make it a bit more bantering back and forth, as well as the opportunity to bring on a few um, people more than once. And I think probably to start this off, it's going to be somebody that will be returning here and there, uh, many of you know Brad Williams from Web Dev Studios. Hey, Brad. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, no pressure being on the debut <laughs> relaunch <laughs> of the show. No pressure at all. Yeah, that's what I figured. You know, everybody was saying, oh, I'm so glad this is starting up again. And I thought, okay, well, um, you know, who can I sucker? I mean, who can I ask hey. to be on the first one? And uh, This is perfect. Bob WP, Brad WP. Yeah, really. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what the show is going to be from here on in, just for people can know, I'm just going to kind of come up with subject areas. It may go off in other areas. It's always going to be WooCommerce related, but it's not really going to always be just about Woo. So, you know, we'll branch out into the e-commerce space, just talk about whatever, and I want to make it very organic and natural. And this time I thought, Brad does have a lot of experience with enterprise, working with enterprise. And even in the e-commerce space, they do a lot of uh, WooCommerce stuff. And I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to talk a little bit about that because I just want to kind of clarify stuff with enterprise. And Brad, what I'm going to do is I I actually looked up enterprise because I'm always, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to Google what is an enterprise business. And I came up with this you know, kind of the action of enterprises when somebody shows initiative by taking a risk by setting up, investing in, and running a business. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. Then I thought, what, you know, what is it? Because everybody has this perception, or I shouldn't say perception, but automatic perception because of the way it's talked about is that enterprise is huge. So now let me read something from, um, this is kind of funny, the site just came up in the top called Less Annoying CRM. Have you ever heard of that one? Uh, no, that's an actual CRM, Less Annoying CRM. <laughs> yeah, that's a URL. That's a, a bold strategy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never heard of it. So it says CRM definition, what does enterprise mean? And they're talking a little bit more about software because they're saying, you know, uh, uh, Enterprise software, enterprise-grade security, enterprise-level features, you know, we've got enterprise hosting, all this stuff. And a lot of it is in the CRM area. And they kind of say there's a, they, they call it almost a hidden meaning of what software companies use the word enterprise for. So talking software companies. Now, going back to what we're talking about, it says the real meaning of enterprise is a really, really big business or company. Enterprise is the alternative to small business. Enterprise means that you have hundreds of thousands of employees, or at least you're behaving as if you do. Lots of small companies like to act much bigger than they are. Okay, so what the heck? is? Are they, are they kind of spot on with what defines enterprise? I mean, I, you know, people have asked me this, how do I define enterprise in the past? And um, I don't, you know, I've always just, 
I think the idea of saying it's a large company, like big company, you know, with that needs big solutions is really how I kind of break it down, you know, and, and if you're comparing it to like, you know, in the web development space or WordPress world, you know, enterprise versus small business versus whatever, you know, they enterprise companies have very special specific needs, you know, and you're not going to work on a website in an enterprise space and FTP code directly to a production server. You know, you're not, mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. There's going to be certain, you know, workflows for code. There could even workflows for content within the, within the CMS. There's usually a number of stakeholders from various departments um, involved in these projects. Um, so it's, you know, I really just define it as a big company that needs big solutions. Um, and that's, that's how I've always kind of looked at as, you know, the enterprise. <laughs> right. And that's where we're, we come from when, we talk about WordPress moving into the enterprise state space. Uh, WooCommerce is growing in it, and so so I guess I I'm, I'm thinking what what do you you know? And again, I wanted to make this more conversational, but I have so many questions for you. What inspired, or at, at what point do you think? Let's take WooCommerce and not WordPress itself, but WooCommerce was. What what was the the point where it we all sat back and said, okay, this is ready for the big guys, and we know this can be done? Or did it just kind of was it a natural natural migration into it? Or well, I, you know, I think we're still like on the cusp of that. You know, to be honest, because is WooCommerce enterprise ready? Can it handle you know large, extremely large e-commerce websites? I believe it can. I mean, there's certainly some challenges. Um, you know, with anything at that scale, you know, not just mm-hmm. WooCommerce, but WordPress with any platform. Um, I, I, I truly believe it do. And I think the fact that we're seeing some um, real world examples of large, you know, scale WooCommerce um, applications is, is helping validate that, right? I feel like WooCommerce is right now, WooCommerce is at where WordPress was at maybe, you know, six years ago or so. When we were talking about is right. WordPress ready for the enterprise, you know, is WordPress ready for large scale? And everyone's like, I don't know, you know. Um, and now we're all like, of course it is. <laughs> like there's a million different examples of it, you know, at scale out there at enterprise space doing all sorts of crazy stuff for WordPress, right? Totally validated. You know, no one thinks twice about it, or at least most people. But I think WooCommerce is kind of at that stage now where we're talking about is it or is it not? Is it ready? Maybe, maybe not. But we're starting to see some really good examples out there, which is, which is helping, you know, confirm what I think we all know is, yeah, it, it, it absolutely can be an enterprise player. Now I don't, I don't think it's, I wouldn't put it at the level of something like Magento right now um, or some of these really, you know, mm-hmm. really large scale e-commerce applications. Uh, but there's no reason uh, there's, there's no reason it can't get there. Right. There's absolutely no reason it can't get there, you know, over the course of a few years. So um yeah, it's an interesting time for WooCommerce because we are right on that that cusp of of pushing it into the enterprise. Yeah, and does that cusp mean that there's more consideration and more strategy behind looking at, you know, existing sites, maybe not, you know, somebody that's saying I'm starting a an enterprise business, a large e-commerce adventure, but I guess what I'm wondering is are, are you seeing more people that are at that space, that point where they're wanting to start something and that's easiest to move them into the WooCommerce 
arena or is existing sites out there that are saying, hey, I want to go into a CRM. I have an online store. We have this humongous, large enterprise. And we want to, we're looking at options to move into that. And we're wondering about WooCommerce. Which one right now is uh, prominent, do you think? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think from what I'm seeing, what we're seeing over at WebDev, I mean, it feels like more people are, are, are coming with the knowledge of WooCommerce, right? They're, they're saying, Hey, this is like WooCommerce is part of the conversation when they're looking at e-commerce platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a year or two ago, I'm sure it wasn't, you know? Um, and I don't think it's a part of every, con- like everybody is, is, you know, mentioning WooCommerce when they talk e-commerce. I still think there's a long way to go there, but I do believe, uh, a lot of companies, when they say, all right, we're rolling out an e-commerce shop or store, or we're looking to you know, upgrade our existing store to something more modern, um, I think it's starting to become uh, uh, an option that they're discussing and weighing pros and cons. And is this what we want to do or not? Or should we use something else? Um, now, on the, on the flip side, you know, we're talking enterprise. But on the flip side, if you think small business, like I think WooCommerce has a long way to go in terms of, of ease of use for small business. And that might be even a harder nut to crack, to be honest. Mm, you know? Interesting. You know, because it's not like when people come to me and say, hey, you know, I'm sure you get this a lot, friends, family. Hey, I want to launch a website. I want to I want to sell some stuff online. What should I do? I'm like, go to Shopify. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to walk you through the process of getting WooCommerce running when you just want to test something out and maybe sell a couple of shirts you make in your garage. Like, you right. know, go pay Shopify 50 bucks a month, test it out. If it works, then we can talk about, you know, growing over to WooCommerce or something. And I think that that is on the flip side, on both ends of the spectrum, from small business all the way up to enterprise, you know, there's a long way to go in terms right. of easy use, in terms of, you know, really getting people to buy into it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really feels to me like where, where WordPress was, you know, six, maybe seven years ago, um, where we were trying to get people to buy into WordPress more, more so than just being a blogging platform, right? Yeah. Um, we're kind of doing the same thing with WooCommerce now and saying, no, it can, it can go small, it can go huge, it can do it all. Yeah, that's interesting. So essentially, you're kind of saying that, hey, these big enterprises, they'll come to you and say, hey, Brad, you know, get your team on it, build us a site. And they sit back and they, you know, I I shouldn't say they sit back, but they guide you or however work with you, you create it where it's really that's, I want to say easier for them because they have you handling it. And it's those small businesses that are saying, Hey, I want to do this all myself. And they're having to actually dive into that's yeah. boot commerce and you're not doing it all for them now. And right. They, and they, and they don't have the budget, you know, they're, they're not going to spend 50 grand or hundred grand or whatever to launch a store. Right. They're a lot of times it's, it's, it's almost like a proof of concept. They're like, Hey, we don't know if this is going to work. We just want to try it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well don't invest 10, 20, 30 grand to build a custom or even an out of the box WooCommerce site, you know, Use uh, something like Shopify. We talked about this a little bit at uh, WordCamp US, um, you and I, uh, when we did the interview there. Of, right. You know, you know, I really think that hosted WooCommerce piece, like what Liquid Web's rolling out, and I'm sure some others are, if they're not already doing it, they're thinking about it. Um, I think that's a big mark, going to be a big market because, you know, again, that friends and family come to you and say, Bob, what should I use? And you can be like, hey, Liquid Web, you know, go over here, you know, pay them whatever, 50 bucks a month. And click, 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 you got a store and it sets it all up for you. You know, you right. don't have to install WooCommerce and configure it all. You don't have to go through the 150 different options. Like it does, you know, sets up the basic store for you and gets you rolling really, really quickly. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I think, think there's a big market there. And I think we get so, or some people get so wrapped up in the WordPress space that, you know, they're so into that whole, okay, I like building it. I like testing it. I like adding plugins I, to see what works, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize a normal person uh, despises that kind of uh, oh, yeah. uh, pursuit. You know, it's like, I'm going to spend all my time. And that's why it, it's interesting because when I focus my blog on WooCommerce or actually e-commerce, I found it was more beneficial to just talk about, you know, extending your site. If you already have a site, here's a way you can extend it through these plugins or mm-hmm. offering people coming in talking like you or they're talking about marketing or social or taxes or shipping. It wasn't as much as building your site from this ground up. It's more extending it and growing it. And those are the people that have a little bit more invested in it mm-hmm. and are a little bit more serious about it than those people that are exactly like you're saying, mm-hmm. Should I try WooCommerce? No, that didn't work. Maybe I should go to Shopify. Maybe I should try this instead. Yeah, dip your toe in, right? To make sure it's you got a viable, you know, store or idea. Um, MVP, you know, yeah, a viable product. Get something out the door. See if it works. If it works, great. Then you can invest more time and money into it and continue to grow it. But ideally, you want to get, you know. It, it it sounds bad to say, but you want to spend the least amount of time and money to get a, a, a workable product out the door, right? To test right, it, right. Um, to see if it works. And this is something we talk with our clients all the time because they come to us with these amazing ideas, but they're you know amazingly large ideas, right? And it's like, great, we could absolutely do that. It's going to take us a year, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of money. Wouldn't let's phase this up. Let's get a plan where we can get you something out in two three months, and then continue to iterate it through different phases. And you can even iterate based on feedback from your visitors, your clients, your customers, you know, cause things might change based on what you thought was going to work. It may not, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's an interesting area for, uh, e-commerce and WooCommerce specifically. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're about to, we're in the middle of, you know, a space race, I think between things like Shopify and, and soon to be, you know, hosted WooCommerce and some of the other platforms, I think, it doesn't mean there's going to be one clear winner and they all die off, but um, they're going to be they're going to be battling, you know, from yeah. a marketing standpoint. Oh yeah, exactly. Yep. So it's like WordPress and Wix and Square, all that crazy stuff. So yeah, yeah. and yeah. I mean, it, you know, going back to the kind of the ease of use, and this is even somewhat on the enterprise too. But you know, again, everybody wants it as easy as possible. You know, quote unquote, the WordPress way, which is great. And I think that's another reason why a lot of these page builders are so popular now. You know, people have. Or, you know, uh, more and more people are getting away from the idea of learning how to, you know, code and build themes, um, you know, rather than dive in and figure out how to code a theme. Hey, here's a page builder I can drag and drop. All right. And and I can get a lot further with that because I don't know how to code or whatever. So same thing with WooCommerce. Are we going to start seeing more of that, you know, spread in the WooCommerce world where it turns into more drag and drop versus, you know, coding? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to kind of slip back to the... Uh, enterprise and the agent, you know, the agencies that are out there and the smaller agencies that are looking. And I'm kind of guessing for a lot of people, enterprise, they hear the word enterprise. It means bigger projects. That means bigger money. And what what are your recommendations to these smaller agencies or these medium-sized agencies that have been primarily working with you know, small, medium-sized businesses 
And they're thinking, wow, you know, maybe I need to start dipping my toes in the enterprise world. And they haven't really, you know, had clients that have been that large and they want a piece of the pie. What are your um, words of wisdom for them as they consider that move or is there really some, you know, danger zones or um, alert, alert, danger, danger? Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, you know, the enterprise world, um, there are a lot of hoops you have to jump through a lot of steps you have to go through that don't exist in you know, small to medium business world. Um, and a lot of, of that is, you know, kind of upfront, right? This is pre, um, you know, project kickoff type stuff, like just getting mm-hmm. vetted and approved through systems, going through security and background checks. You know, I mean, you know, uh, companies will review your security and password management policies. Like there's, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of things that you don't realize that are requirements for these companies for, to work with you, you know, mm-hmm. that you'll have to go through. And some of the stuff I didn't realize either until we were, you know, Hey, we need this. And I'm like, Oh, okay, <laughs> let me figure that out. <laughs> but you know, like the, these, the security policies for good reason, you know, and a lot of these, some of the challenges we've had is these companies, their security requirements are very much structured towards uh, brick and mortar agencies, right? Companies that have an office. Um, they want to know what our, you know, policy is for locking the doors, right? Well, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're a hundred percent remote. So, uh, I hope all of our, you know, employees and team members lock their houses, but <laughs> we don't have like a formal policy about locking your house. If you walk, you know, if you leave or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's right. like, so sometimes you, being a remote company and this is, this is unique to remote companies, obviously, but are, are going to be more considerations where you have to work with these agencies and, or these enterprise, you know, companies and be like, look, you know, we're, you know, we're one of those new age companies, whatever you want to call it, we're remote. So, um, so it's just a lot of, there's a lot of upfront, there's a lot more o- uh, overhead um, across the whole project. Um, and they take a little bit longer to get going, but you know, ultimately once you do get going, you know, enterprise work is great because it's, it's usually much larger contracts, longer contracts, more stable work. Um, I think a good opportunity for small to medium sized companies that are looking to, um, you know, get into the agency world is, is try to partner up with a company that is looking to kind of hire you as an extension of their team, right? So rather than, than a company just hiring you to build project X, how can your team be an extension of their team? You know what I mean? So basically your developers are their developers. Um, a lot of companies like to do that because it's, it's ultimately easier for them to get budget and funding to essentially set up a retainer with the company to extend their team versus hiring full-time right. employees because hiring full-time employees, there's you know a lot of overhead with that for companies. So many times they can get the budget. That's more than what it would cost them to hire an employee just to outsource it and to extend their team through you. So that's always a really good opportunity um, to kind of get your foot in the door with enterprise work. All right. And it's interesting you said how corporate enterprise is so much different. I know before our my pre-WordPress life, we had a marketing business and we had small and large businesses and we worked with, you know, larger corporate and even larger nonprofits. I mean, we worked with some major hospitals and stuff. And yeah, you there's a lot of stuff there that and you find out there's a lot more people in the mix there to make decisions and you know, if you're used to working with one or two small person, small business, and they're getting back to you, wait till you have to wait for it to go down the pipeline in a corporation. Yeah. 
something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, 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 you know, a project that maybe normally would take, you know, maybe the design phase would take two to four weeks in the enterprise just because of how many stakeholders have to approve something. Mm-hmm. You know, that two to four week amount of work that you would normally do could take two to four months, easy. Yeah. Not to say you're taking more time, but it's more time of that going up and down the chain of command to get approvals. You know, we've had that happen time and time again, and, and we've, we've, we've learned and we've grown. And, you know, so now we have those discussions up front. So we're a little bit clear. Okay. What is the approval process? Is it one person? Is it 10 people? Cause that helps us set a more realistic timeline. Um, and you need to factor that in because again, there's going to be a lot more overhead. You know, there's going to be more meetings. There's going to be more time where you're not just writing code. Um, and you need to account for that time somehow, or else you're going to have, you know, 10 billable hours and 80 non-billable because you didn't account for all the actual management time that's, that's expected um, as a part of those projects. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. different. It's a different world. It's just, you know, you got to have that mindset and be ready for it because things are going to be different. Right. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I was, I kind of wanted to throw something a little bit in the news around now e-commerce and, Speaking of enterprise, um, Walmart closing down, what, 60-some um, Sam's Clubs. You know, I, I didn't read the article, and I know I'm going off on a little tangent here, but on uh, their actual reasons behind, I, I can imagine there's probably several reasons, and I, we could probably guess them. But have you ever seen anybody on Twitter say, hey, I'm at Sam's Club? You know, how people talk about shopping at Costco all the time, you know, Costco and the lines. I never heard anybody talk on social about being at Sam's club. Did you? Um, I don't, I don't know if I have seen that. I mean, I, (laughs) I shop at Sam's club. Does that count? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I like, I like Sam's club and Costco and I purely go to which one's closer. So Sam's happens to be closer to me now. So that's where I'm a member at. Um, I, I I hadn't heard that news, but that's surprising because I gotta be honest, like, like, one of the best things to buy at those stores is TVs. Like I, I've price shopped TVs and they always seem to have the best deals on like flat screens, you know, oh, okay. yeah. and the chocolate cake. I don't know if you've had that chocolate cake no, from Costco. I, no, I haven't. The thing weighs like 20 pounds and it is, <laughs> it is, it is heaven. It, it is, is heaven. <laughs> uh, it's like 10 layers of just chocolate on chocolate. It's, it's the, the Costco chocolate cake. There's a couple of people listening right now shaking their head. Like, yep, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder, you know, and I wonder, I'm, I'm thinking of, and I, I know somebody uh, actually talked about the closing of them and they said, oh, California people. I don't know if there's a lot of them in California. And I, I wonder if, you know, every time something like that closes, I always wonder the effect of the online shopping, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously had competition with Costco and, you know, I don't, you, you told, you know, Amazon, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Amazon's it's, it's, affecting it's, a lot of these companies. Yeah, more and more, and it's just um, you know, it's it's it, it's interesting to see what's you know, it's more the retail, the brick and mortar, and obviously, you know, it makes you wonder when they're closing that many physical stores if they're seeing. And again, I should have read the article beforehand, but if they're seeing more uh, online sales, basically. Uh, Maybe. I mean, the the thing I would immediately think about in terms of online sales for something like Costco or Sam's is the size of, of yeah. buying because it's it's bulk, right? So How when you, you walk out of those stores, you have like like two shopping carts full because everything's so big. Yeah. And they don't offer free shipping, I'm sure. You know? I would think not just because of the size. <laughs> I mean, if you're buying like 100 rolls of toilet paper 
I doubt you're getting like free shipping on that. So. Yeah, yeah, not heavy, fun. but super big. You know, super big box. So yeah, and it seems like with both of those, um, it'd have to be local delivery. They're really specifically, you know, fill up their truck and go you know, around. Speaking of that, not to get sidetracked, but I read a really interesting article the other day about how Amazon, Amazon is like the the software behind Amazon and how it does packaging is unreal packaging and delivery. Uh But, but what I I thought stood out and maybe someone listening will will think this is interesting and want to look into it more, but they said, basically, do you, a lot of people complain like, Oh, I got this massive box for like this little thing. Right. And sometimes it's a mistake. You know, sometimes they put like a pair of scissors in this big box, right? Um, but other times it's actually intentional. And what they do is they'll analyze every square inch of the truck it's going in, right? Oh. And they'll put small things in bigger boxes so that it actually stacks evenly throughout oh, that truck. I've so often wondered that. I was like, yeah. that's amazing. Like that, that actually makes a ton of sense, you know? Yeah. And I had never thought about that. I don't think it's something you would ever think about. But I'm like, you know, when these people complain about it, so yeah, sometimes it's a mistake, but not always. Sometimes it's actually done absolutely intentional to fill every square inch of that truck and not have things falling over on top of each other. So yeah. Cause you think crazy. that'd be a nightmare. It could be like a big puzzle or uh, I don't know what you call it. Tetris. Yeah. You're tetrising yeah. in the truck, yeah. right? So yeah, really. and if like, you're, oh, if, okay, we got to pull this one out. Anybody got one? That you might, if, if you don't pack a truck correctly, you might have to run two trucks. Right. And now you've just, you know, you know, double the amount of gas and you know, the, the yeah. drivers. And so you've doubled your cost immediately. So just it makes so much sense when you hear about it, but to hear, but I never ever thought about that. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I know. Probably a lot of people would be nodding right now because everybody's experienced that. You know, it's like yeah. I'm just waiting for drones. The day I can buy something and a drone will bring it to me, I will. I'll buy the dumbest thing. Yeah, and really. A pair of socks, and I'll just yeah. sit outside with a smile, yeah. waiting for that drone to show up. Yeah, yeah you're waiting for <laughs> cheese steaks to be delivered by drone. I bet. Oh man. It, hey. <laughs> the health will be going down dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we did digress a little bit, but that's kind of what I want this show to be about. Um, bringing up different stuff, and that's that's kind of cool about Amazon. So, well, excellent. I think this has been a great first show. And see, you know, it's going to be a hit, and everybody will say, "Yeah, you know, is, is how when Brad coming on next time?" You know. So, hey, I'm ready. <laughs> Let me know. I'll be back. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for thanks for having me on, Bob. You bet. And thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in for the very first episode. And we'll continue on uh, to do the woo. Take care. To help us to keep bringing you content through our blog and podcasts, consider becoming a Bob WP backer. Just visit backbobwp.com. <laughs>